Off the Ball, with thanks to Ford, introducing the newest member of our team, the mighty new Ford C-Max. Ford, driving expectations even further. Okay, so let's reflect on the rugby yesterday and defeat for Ireland in the World Cup quarter-final. Brian O'Driscoll is on the line. Um, so tell us, what are what are players uh, feeling like on a day like today? I see Ian Madigan blaming himself for the loss, missing the kick. Uh, I presume everybody is uh, spending a lot of time thinking about what they could have done better. Yeah, um, I suppose the best way of put, describing it is is everyone thinking about how bad they feel and multiply it by 10 or 15 or 20. The players will feel horrific today. I was texting one or two of them and one of the boys said that it was so it was considerably worse than four years ago. And from my point of view, that was pretty bad. Yeah. I obviously knew that was my last World Cup and maybe it's one or two guys' last World Cups in their mind. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's massively disappointing, if not totally unexpected. Yeah. So not to- so okay. So so no. It's like like we we call, well you know during the, the um the outside broadcast in in three arena on mm. Wednesday we talked about it and a lot of people were were mentioning how tough it was going to be and we knew it was going to be very hard not to the extent maybe that it turned out to be but it was always going to be a very very difficult match against much better opposition than what we'd come across in uh, in in the pool stages and in the Six Nations this year. Yeah, like so, the first twenty minutes. What's going on? Like we we just we're just blown away. We're caught up in some kind of hurricane. I'm not lying. For TV, we did um, did the before the before match uh, analysis and walked up to the studio, and it was a bit of a, a bit of a you used to get a, a lift. And the first try was in by the time I got to my feet. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, "You're kidding me, seven nil, Dan." So. You know, you just try and regroup and then just focus on, 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 on the process for the next few minutes and try and make sure you don't concede again. And, of course, we did within, you know, six or seven minutes and being 14 nil down after 10 or 11 minutes and then after 15 minutes being 17 nil down. Like, to come back from 17 nil down, everyone, you know, the commentators were talking about, it would have to be a new record. And when you're starting to think that way as a fan or as a supporter, you know, as a player, it se- that seems monumental as well. So defensively, like I'm, and I suspect I wasn't alone. I was worried when they had the ball in hand in their own twenty-two. We had some weird combination of being incredibly narrow with a passive line, and we looked unbelievably vulnerable. Like I was, you know, Dave Carney missed five of his nine tackles. We missed twenty-seven tackles in the game. They made six hundred and three meters as opposed to our three hundred and forty. There was just something wrong defensively. Yeah, there was. I, I've never seen Ireland defend as narrow as they did, and. The disappointing thing for me is that you could see it early on and that we never actually fixed us throughout the whole game. And there's lots of different components that you could probably pull apart with regards to that, I think. Uh, first and foremost, you know, you've very different personnel in there, guys that, you know, that, that don't know each other, that aren't big communicators. I think for me, the two biggest losses were, were obviously Johnny at 10 and possibly from a defensive point of view, Jared at 13. Mm. Just being able to pull guys out to the width, and you know what? As a thirteen, you know, it's, that's a, it, it, it's. I'm, I'm not shooting down Earl G. Sure. Earl G. You know, plays plays a lot on the wing, so he's not as up to speed as some people as uh, uh, you know are at thirteen. But yeah. the role of the thirteen is, and even selfishness, is pull guys out to make sure they have width because you don't want to get burnt on the outside. For me, it was always that case. It was, get out here because I've got too much work to do on the outside. Mm. 
And we just seemed so incredibly narrow that, you know, the first pass would miss four or five guys and the next pass could miss another three. You know, yeah. you're taking half the team out with two passes. They always had players, had wingers and not and back rowers and even even front row in the five meter channels on both sides. They were playing with exceptional width. And even if the pass wasn't on, there was options on kick passes. So it was, you know, it was really, it, it, it was very evident from very early on. And then we never actually fixed it. And the other thing that was really disappointing was that we had, we were getting mismatched all over the place. They mm. were getting their outside backs on our front five. Like we had, I saw Mike Ross and Rory Best defending on the edges. That never happened. Yeah. Got to get your speed. You got to get your back rowers at worst or else, you know, your centers after the first phase to get one on either side to make sure your wingers can play a half in the backfield and you've got a little bit of gas on the outside but we had none of that it was just it was kind of it was really frustrating watching it mm. and and it was just a, it was a, a for me the big disappointment was that we couldn't actually fix it I didn't see it fixed at any stage in the game and is that fair enough that it wasn't fixed is it too hard a thing to fix mid-game I would have to think that, you know, messages were going on. Sure. And, and, you know, Les Kiss is, is a very experienced and an excellent defensive coach. And I'm sure he had to have been passing on the message that we were way too narrow. Like, it was, it, you look at the scoreline and it was 43-20 and you kind of think the last two scores probably flattered them. But then on the flip side, they had so many other opportunities that they butchered too. Mm-hmm. Where we had to, you know, come off, come off, come off and, and almost defend downfield such were their numbers. And if their quality of pass was that little bit better, they could have scored more. So it probably, in the end, the scoreline probably did reflect how things, how things panned out, albeit we got to within you know, a, a, you know, six inches of, of, yeah. of drawing level. Because so, like, the, the thing is, and it, and it even reads in starker terms post-match, I was reading Bernard Jackman's piece before the game, and he said, the Italians changed their tactics against us. They played with more width than normal, it was noticeable how passive that made us in defence because too frequently you could hear through the ref mic the Irish players were calling hover and that's the Irish code word they use when they're outnumbered and they sacrifice line speed for security. So mm-hmm. it's not like defending slightly narrowly suddenly cropped up yesterday. No, like I don't know, maybe a focus has come away. That, that does, listen, this is not excused because everyone has injuries but when you do lose key figures and guys that are leading certain aspects, like your 13 leading the defensive line, you know, where and bullying guys on the inside to make sure they're coming up. When Paulie is leading the line, when Shawnee's looking for big hits, Pete, Johnny, all those guys, of course, you're going to be more comfortable in, in, in a system that you know that much better. Yeah. And so when you've got other guys coming in, as much as the strength of this team has been the squad, you're going to be weaker for it. That's, that's just the way of the world. That's why some guys are first 15 and that's why some guys are subs and that's why some guys are, you know, are, are surplus to sure. in the 31 because there is always uh, there's a hierarchy of, of ability and skill level and um, those that can turn it on the big day. And we, unfortunately, we, we just lost, for Ireland's sake, we just lost too many of our key players, our key leaders and guys that, that, um, that boss situations. Yeah. And, you know, you, you against France, we coped well, but then you saw what what happened to France against New Zealand. They completely capitulated. So that French team, maybe you look back at that twenty four nine performance, and 
it mightn't have been as magnificent a result as we all thought the yeah. you know, previous week. I, I think that suddenly occurred to a lot of people on Saturday mm. night as we as we refocused on the game. And then, did you like what we did in attack? Because it seemed like we struggled to get over the game line as well. Like the, the two tries came out of moments as opposed to any real pattern. Yeah, like like Luke, he had no right to to get through when he, when he did for Jordy Murphy's yeah. try and. The, and without, you know, obviously it was still good skill. It was good power from Lukey to do that and great support line from Jordy Murphy, even though he was held back. Um, but it's, it's, not, it's, not us, it's not us taking them apart as a team. No, it's not. And even, you know, I would say rather than it being, you know, unbelievable skill on Lukey's try, it was a fantastic finish. Don't get me wrong. As soon as he got the ball, that was a, that was a special finish. But to actually open them up, like it was, it was pretty poor defending. Yeah. And then your man Sanchez on the wing biting in on on Robbie when he didn't need to. You know, it was a guy defending out of position. So, um, so that aside, those moments uh, you know, aside, those, yeah. W- did we do a huge amount in attack? I, not really, not really. I think we, I think we missed our bludgeon. I think we missed Shawnee massively because he's the guy that just got you the extra two or three yards. And gives you momentum, and that creates a you know a, a better um, a better go forward for the next phase and speed of rook ball. So I, I really think we missed him. And obviously, do you know what? I, I didn't realize how well Pete had played against um, against France mm. until I watched the game back again, and he was everywhere and scavenging, turning ball over, being a nuisance. And so we missed that. And um, you know, I know you know Chris Henry is, is a very nice footballer, but he's not as good as Sean O'Brien. That's why he doesn't get picked ahead of him. Sure. And Jordy Murphy, you know, hadn't been selected in the twenty-three only for you know that Pete got injured, and so he came in having not played a huge amount of games. And I think you know we, I talked beforehand that the back row was was a you know was a huge area, and sure enough, proved to be. I thought I thought Matera had an unbelievable game. Mm. Uh, they're six, and he's only twenty-one or twenty-two. Again, watching the video back, he was everywhere, and I think you know it. It, it just it set the tone. Their ball carrying from those guys, the impacts they were winning in the collision, whether you know they had the ball or or in defence, they just they were they were collision winners, and it, it becomes a very simple game when you win your collisions. Yeah. So if if you put us into the wider context of four Southern Hemisphere teams in a semi-final. There's a lot of commentators looking at the situation and saying that um, we're just streets behind what the Southern Hemisphere teams are doing, that the style of rugby isn't good enough. Like The line is trotted out here. I hear it all the time. Even Trevor Hogan was in studio with me yesterday and, and mid-game he said it. The team statistically that kicks the most tends to win. And it just, does, it just has not felt like that at this World Cup looking at what the Southern Hemisphere teams are doing. Yeah, they, they definitely appear to be playing a different brand, uh, a 15-man game. I don't think, you know... I don't think the uh, Northern Hemisphere teams, um, save for Wales, have been uh, playing a 15-man game. I think it's been um, kind of a multi-phase game of trying to draw penalties or you know getting one-on-ones uh, mismatches. Whereas I think the ability of the Southern Hemisphere teams to be able to in- interplay between backs and forwards, irrespective of what number is on your on your back. Mm. You know, has been has just far exceeded uh, any playing ability that we we appear to have in the north. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a huge a statement. A, yeah. It is a big statement, and it's kind of a, it's a sad way to think about it because we, you know, you just look at the at the stats. I think Argentina before, but uh, I know they did a relatively easy pool match, albeit they had New Zealand or a pool um, to, to play in old, other than New Zealand. Yeah. They had eighteen. They averaged eighteen offloads a game. You know, and, you, and we had like five against Italy. You've got to play, I think, a little bit more 
expansively and you've got to take a few more risks um, to get the reward. And, and I, I think that came back to bite us a little bit. Um, I don't know, you know, on another day, if you have your players that, you know, we talked about, if we don't have that those catastrophe of injuries and we, we played the style we played, maybe we can beat Argentina for sure. Yeah. But um, I, I think going forward, you have to look at why there's such a big gulf between the Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere, albeit Scotland should be in the semi-final and, yeah. and Australia not, you know. Yeah. Does this provoke some kind of root and branch rethink right across the Northern Hemisphere? Is it that, is it that kind of thing? Well, it's, listen, it's going to be done country by country. I don't think we're all collectively going to get together and go, right, we need to change this, shift this in sure. some way. I think, you you know, the smart coaches will look at what's working well for, for other countries. You also have to take into account what... Um, you know the the you know three of the four countries that are in uh, semi-finals are all physically considerably bigger than us uh, as a nation. You know, you look at the size of the players in Argentina, you look at them in South Africa, you look at them in New Zealand. Physically, they are more often than not bigger, more imposing players, and they play a more attritional and aggressive style. So we have to outthink that that a little bit. Mm. And so I, I don't know if we if we did that well enough this World Cup. With the exception of Australia, who still are quite physical, but they've always been a thinking man team, and you know they managed to find themselves in a semi-final, uh, albeit you know pretty fortuitously. Um, but yeah. um, you know the the other teams, we have to take stock of of you know what sort of game they're playing and and the the physicality they bring, and if we can't match that, then we have to outthink that. Yeah, like in fairness, actually, the Northern Hemisphere question is too broad. I'm not really concerned with what. France do or don't do. So what we're mm-hmm. what, what we're teaching in the Leinster Academy, what we're teaching our underage teams when we're playing in the muddy pitches in November, are we are we encouraging the right skill set? I hope so. I, I, I do you know what I'm not I'm not okay, you know enough with what's going on at, at, at that level and sure. at schools, what's being taught at, at, at school level. But I hope you know, I, I just know comparatively to New Zealand that everything they do is skill based. Fitness is skill based. Um, all the rugby they do is skill-based. It's about, you know, um, when you are carrying into contact, there's a skill involved in your recoil and getting the ball back. And I was just, I watched again the New Zealand game earlier on today and just their, their ability to retain ball and create fast rook comes from the ball carrier first and foremost, you know, being being able to deliver a ball at a, at a place where guys can clean over and it, and it becomes very evident. Yeah, and they just are doing it that little bit better than everyone else. You know, put that on top of physically very you know, dominant specimens, very experienced and um, good rugby brains. It's it's a it's a pretty um, it's a it's a pretty impressive package that they're putting together. And I, I you know them apart from everyone else, I, I think are pretty unbeatable in the form they showed against uh, France. Yeah. So I guess a final point then yeah. at the very top level, which I guess you are okay with in this country. Does Joe Schmidt look at this and think actually we do need to come up with a slightly different game, a more expansive yeah. game, or do we go back into almost what what will feel like a Six Nations bubble? No, I think no, because clearly the Six Nations, you know, I I, I would never belittle a Six Nations win because it's, no matter where we don't have that many of them to do that. Yeah. Um, but clearly the Six Nations isn't as good a standard as as the Southern Hemisphere as the Rugby Championship. That's that's evidence of the back of this World Cup. So. Do you go home? Do you go? Does Joe Schmidt go back and you know and rewrite his game plan? Absolutely not. There's, he's got a great basis, and it's been a success in mm. Europe. Mm. Um, 
he just has to modify that a little bit and you know, he, no better man to come up with plays and with ideas and, um, and, and add-ons to make sure that Ireland become a better team and a more difficult team to play against and to beat. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, I suppose it's, it's quite sickening, you know, what, what's happened, you know, from a point of view that there was so much expectation and then all of a sudden one game and it's, you know, you you feel as though you're back to not back to square one, but you know it it's really softened our cough. Yeah, and 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 um, it's a it's served as quite a reality check as to where we are. You know, in, in comparison to the top four. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I didn't think I'd be asking you about root and branch reform um, yesterday morning. Yeah. Yeah. That way. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're in on Friday. I am on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll talk to you I'm Friday. Sure we'll pull it apart a bit, bit more. more then. Yeah. 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 Really, right. really enjoy the pain. Thanks very much. <laughs> Joe, bye. Off the ball, getting inside the game. Sponsored by Ireland's favourite car brand, Ford. Go further.